in the stressed world, people have got too much glutamate and or dopamine and or noradrenaline, or you could have too low a level of dopamine and noradrenaline and then have a lack of get up and go and have too much glutamate, which kind of ends up, you end up being a bit frazzled, it's a bit sort of hyper frazzled and you can't pin your thoughts, you can't focus on anything in particular. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high-performance mind, body, and lifestyle. Hi, friends. I hope you are having a good start to February. Cannot believe how quickly January flew by. We have some amazing new reviews that have come in that I just want to read out. Thank you so much for these. I have one here from Chroma Ed. I've been following Angela for a year and I'm loving her keen interest in providing great knowledge, insights and up-to-date developments and recommendations in biohacking and wellness space. She gets amazing guests and also runs some fabulous courses. I highly recommend tuning into this podcast. Thank you so much for that lovely, lovely review. Um, also another one from Costa Chick who says Angela's Foster's podcast provide the details and research I've been looking for to help me on my journey back to healthy living I'm thankful for her experiences and how she makes the content relatable and I'm so thankful for you listening to this show and supporting it thank you and for taking the trouble to leave a review um, another one from Jules Cat says what a brilliant podcast I've recently found Angela's podcast I found them really helpful and very informative there is always brilliant guests on too who share their knowledge love 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 oh and i love love that too thank you so so much jules um and then finally another one from julie m thanks for providing these graphic podcasts i heard about you from listening to the ben greenfield podcast and jay wiles great info for women thank you so much julie um i'm so grateful to all of those reviews and i would love it if you're listening and you haven't left a review if you could head over to whichever platform you're listening to this on and leave us a positive review it really helps us to get the message out to a wider audience and we love to reward you too so each month we give away over $300 worth of biohacking supplements so you can get a nice cool stack coming your way but if you do leave a review make sure to let us know so either tag me on your story on Instagram at Angela S Foster that's me and either myself or my assistant will pick that up so we make sure we log your review um And if you've already left a review, then just tag us on an episode that you're listening to um, and share it on your social media. Again, tagging me at Angela S. Foster and um, we will add you into the competition for February as well. Now, moving on to today's guest. Today's guest is Anthony Haynes. Now, Anthony has been in private practice for over 29 years, and he's one of the most experienced registered nutritional therapists in the country. He's also one of the first practitioners to implement the principles of functional medicine in the UK since 1992. He has worked with over 18,000 clients on a one-to-one basis. He's also an educator and teacher. He's the successful award-winning author of two books on nutrition, The Insulin Factor and The Food Intolerance Bible. And in March 2011, he was awarded the prestigious CAM Magazine Award for Outstanding Practice for his many years of educating, inspiring, motivating and helping practitioners and patients. And he's been a huge inspiration to me. I regularly attend his workshops. And in fact, it all started with a cognitive resilience program that I attended when I was overcoming clinical depression um, that was geared at practitioners. And I was really starting to really want to understand how to optimize the health of my brain, um, learning all about adrenal support and the different neurotransmitters and how to really optimize serotonin production. And in today's um, podcast episode, we're going to be talking all about neurotransmitters, how you can manage when you've got too much glutamate and dopamine and other excitatory neurotransmitters and hormones and how you can really enhance more GABA and achieve that sense of calm, um, but also really how to develop resilience as well. We also touch on things like different types of glutathione and why liposomal glutathione may not be the best type for you, depending on what you're looking to achieve and a whole host of other things. And to be honest, we didn't have enough time to dive into as much information as I think we both would have liked. This was a really wide-ranging conversation and I'd definitely like to get Anthony back on the show. So without further ado, let me introduce you now to the lovely and amazingly knowledgeable Anthony Haynes. 
So I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined today by Anthony Haynes. Anthony was an integral part, or integral part, should I say, of my journey and recovery back from burnout and clinical depression. And we actually, um, I was on one of your programs back in 2016, Anthony, and it was a, a really big part of healing me actually so i'm so so excited years later five years later now to have you on the show so first of all a very warm welcome thank you very much angela and that's great to hear that um that that course for you at least was actually part of the turnaround for you so congratulations on engaging in that because there may have been so many options for you to do but you actually did something to do with the neurotransmitters that we were talking about I did, exactly. And that's what I'm excited to dive into, because I think, you know, my own journey back from burnout and, and depression, that's that's sort of one thing. But I, it also massively affected my physical health. And I, as you know, I had double pneumonia. And I think so many people at the moment in the midst of this pandemic, I can't actually believe that right now here, as we're recording this, we've mm. now got another variant Omicron. It just feels like it's never going to end. And I think people have never needed resilience more than they do today, but also so never have they needed to be in better health than today, right? I agree with you. In fact, the two, the two are almost, uh, it's, it's entwined. It's very difficult to separate them. As, as you said, it's actually not just your, your burnout neurological, but it actually affected you physically. And we know that um, one variant or others, and, and they've been called various different names like scariants, uh, because actually the fear factor promoted by, by the media effectively, it's actually the fear is actually potentially, some, some experts maintain that the fear is actually generating more harm than any virus might might do or might be, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fear factor, and actually quite apart from the the actual uh, reaction of governments to in the lo- all those things, actually, so the collateral damage, if you call it that, um, may may actually be. And certain organisations have put an awful lot of time and effort with their expertise to identify that the collateral damage is actually greater than than any damage that the virus may be. Um, um, itself and I think uh, Dr Bruce Lipton called that very early on because he actually came out and sort of said you know your adaptive immune system is not going to function properly while you're under stress it just can't while stress is high and yet we were being fed by the media and my husband and I pretty much turned the news off immediately when it struck because the first thing that happened with our kids was they straight away were waking up having nightmares in the middle of the night am i gonna die and it's like this is not appropriate for a child of you know 8 11 12 how mine were it's not appropriate for anyone at all and i completely endorse that in fact uh, from last march i turned the tv off as well and, and stopped watching it because it was uh, not necessarily providing me with information that was even true but certainly fear-mongering um, I've been studying this area. I mean, just as a slight aside, Angela, I spent 1,700 hours reviewing the truth of what's been going on around us, but we won't necessarily discuss that today. But it's actually, it helps me to understand why people do need resilience on a neurological and physical level. And one thing I will share with you, and, it, and it's an extension of what you've experienced yourself, and it was actually a, a presentation I did give entitled Resilience for Mutualink as a webinar. And it was rather than immune, immune resilience, it was on the subject of resilience. And it was absolutely fascinating. As I scoured the papers, you, you know, when I prepare these webinars, I encounter all kinds of papers and research that I would never normally look at. And so I, although it's a challenge for me to, to generate a webinar every month, uh, you know, rather like you being busy in timing and interviews and so on, it's um, we do get to learn, even though it's a, we put ourselves under pressure, which is actually probably a good pressure and it's one we, we don't bend to. And I found a paper where the researchers identified that when you nourish cells better, you improve their resilience. I know it sounds so much like common sense, but if you nourish your cells better, you have more cellular resilience. Well, that made sense to me. And then the researchers went on to say, well, if you have more cellular resilience, you have more organ resilience. I know, again, it sounds so straightforward to us during this era, but it's like actually the way they put it. And so often I find when I'm looking at papers, maybe you do too, is that it's the the way things are explained not necessarily the information itself. It's like, oh, well, I knew that, but actually I hadn't thought of expressing it in that term, in that way. So by optimi- by optimally nourishing oneself, you improve your resilience on every single level. And then there are things we can do to therapeutically support the neurotransmitter balance, for example, which we're going to mm. dive into. Can we, can we let, let's start there then, because nourishing yourself, mm. I think what people have to understand as well is yes, it means food, but it also means things like getting light, which is bioactive in humans. It means aligning with your circadian rhythm. It yes. also means thinking good thoughts, right? And not repetitively going over things that are scary or fear mongering. 
And especially with the, and if people have tuned in, and, and, and I recommend people tune out of the mainstream um, information because effectively it, it really is not helpful at all, then it may well indeed prove to be more negative in health than any virus would ever be, is that, um, and this is something you may have heard of, that the average person um, repeats the thoughts they have from day to day. So it may be that up to 95% of the thoughts that we had yesterday, we have today and we have tomorrow. And so this, this makes me think of a fantastic quotation from a, uh, one of the, the world's greatest individuals ever called Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi, he said, uh, amongst other things, he said, the world in which we exist is created by the thoughts that we have. Uh, and it's it's so true. And it takes a little, so bit of, a little bit of thinking about it initially. So the, how can my thoughts affect the, create the world? Well, all the thoughts you've had have created a decision for you to, to be where you are, to, to, to buy this house, to have this, you know, the background, to to actually do have the burnout, to then have the decision to 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 interview people, to expand people's awareness about health, I mean, and, and high performance. So it's the, the world in which we exist is created by the thoughts that we have. So be careful about the thoughts you have. And, and if you're barraged every day with so with negatives and they've got a ticker tape of numbers of, of, of cases or of people who are unwell, it's a very distressing thing. And it actually brings, brings it down. Now, this brings me to it also a remarkable paper that probably wouldn't get published now, but one of the originators of, the, of stress before Hans Selye, um, was Walter Cannon, MD. And Walter Cannon was the first guy talking about the stress in the 1920s and 1930s. And he published a paper, I think it was 1920s, on voodoo. And, right. and, it, and it was in the title, it was a peer-reviewed published paper on voodoo, it basically investigating voodoo. If someone believes that voodoo works, it works, it works because it lowers your immune system and then you might end up with a heart attack. It's very interesting. That was in my review on the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, which is a webinar I happened to present a couple of months ago. So today's conversation is very timely because I've actually prepared the, the resilience one, which is this time last year, and then on the HPA a, a couple of months ago. It's very interesting. Yeah. Do you know what's so interesting, though, is because I have firsthand experience of that. So when I was in hospital, and this might sound a little bit woo-woo, but when I went, so I, I was taken in after the chest x-ray, um, and they knew I had pneumonia, but the problem was my lymph glands were so enlarged, they thought there was something else going on. And they were deciding, would they treat me in the hospital or keep me at, in the, what they call in the community? Mm. And so I went into the hospital, and they then said, they kept talking about lymph glands, lymph glands, lymph glands. So I'm like, okay, are you trying to tell me I might have lung cancer? Thinking, I've got a really high fever, this can't even be possible. And they did a CT scan to check, to confirm. And what they found was it was just really bad viral and bacterial pneumonia. Now, when I was then being treated, they thought I would end up in intensive care because I was neutropenic. And obviously antibiotics intravenously are gonna treat the bacterial infection, but not the viral. Now, the moment that I, in that hospital, decided, so I'd been trying to run away from myself. I was so depressed. All I wanted to do was end my life. But I kept thinking, how can I do this? I've got three children, how can I leave them? They're gonna be the ones with the mummy who took her own life. But I was just in anguish and pain inside. And I think it was the high fevers that gave me this profound sense of peace. And as soon as I had that peace and I felt mm -hmm. comfortable with myself, yeah. my blood work and I decided I wanted to live and get better so then my family that was when this whole thing that was the birth of it right but in the very early days just in my head an idea in my head yes. literally I went from being neutropenic within 24 48 hours an mm. overnight turnaround in my um, white blood cell count everything changed right and that is yeah. the signaling of the brain and so for me yes. the most powerful thing I think about is the word switch because I switched and every time I have a negative thought or a fearful a fearful yeah. thought or something I don't want now mm. I use the word switch and I, I mean, flip I, it and think I, I, what can I, I do instead fantastic Andrew congratulations to you on doing that and also actually having even having the wearable about at that time to actually recall what you did too so that's fantastic. I, I actually use the uh, yellow diversion sign, you know, like those uh, uh, diamond-shaped yellow, di you know, diversion. So people are saying, I put divert, but it's a yellow diversion sign. So I actually encourage clients to think of uh, a diversion yeah. sign. So as soon as you have that thought, divert, and we, we create an image of, because many people basically, uh, all the thoughts that we can have, let's say they're in, in London, um, go to the N25, wherever that might be, and then they got to the M1 to anxiety is my, is my frame of reference. Yeah. And who wants to go to the M3 of calm? And so I actually have them have a yellow yellow pyramid of, of diversion so that they go keep on going around the thoughts, but they effectively we go to the M3 to calm. So it's just an image uh, oh, very I love that. I love that. It's yeah. very similar to switch. Very similar to switch. Yeah, switch, very is, similar. switch is a, obviously a trigger word, which could then instigate that, that image. But so many people have those 
typical thoughts. And so, you know, I'm an anxious person, et cetera. And of course, without realizing that they might've been an anxious person. And I'm a big fan of EFT tapping and, and a range of other things to help to, to change programs. But I think when people realize that the thoughts that we have, just as we're saying, and congratulations to you, you I mean, you've actually engaged the super, not really placebo effect, but you've highlighted what placebo can actually do, which is if a placebo has been given and you believe it to be a remedial thing or remedial uh, treatment and benefit to your human health then that can actually trigger all those benefits the brain we have an amazing capacity for healing and, mm. and you manifested it and to have the blood work done because very few people would actually have the experience of actually having blood work done on one day and the next to actually manifest it mm. to show look i had this and this well do you know i didn't know at the time right so in the hospital it's the doctors that are then because they're monitoring me to see like is she going to survive it do we need to intubate her and i wasn't really very conscious i mean i had tubes i had drips i had all different things in but i just remember feeling a profound sense of peace mm. and then it things started to turn around and I started to get better and lying there I made a commitment to myself I'm going to get well and I'm going to fix my mental and physical health so I can watch my kids grow up that's a privilege that yeah. I'm turning down and actually be there for them and be the best mother I can and no. it was a slow journey that didn't happen overnight right no, it was no. a slow journey so what we 2012 this happened and we're 2021 it took me until 2019 to be mm. able to get off bipolar meds it took that long it was a very long journey Congratulations. Um, yeah, it's not an overnight yeah, it shows you how much even with um, powerful intrinsic motivation of your own, not so from without. Uh, but I guess where group work can help, and again, you getting your word out there now, maybe people can um, see a ray of hope and actually sow their own seeds uh, for their own their own switching process. Um, fantastic. I hope so. Um, what would be fascinating is to, is to actually really have tracked if we could have done or, or and talk about the relevance of, of specific neurotransmitters, which I know we're going to. Yes, uh, that's what I want to dive into yeah. with you, because I think so many people, they feel really, really anxious. And I there's certain things that so we've got, you know, um, supplements and things we can take. And then like you mentioned, tapping there, there are also behaviors. So like breath work has a profound impact. Gratitude daily is something that I literally wouldn't be without meditation, all these things. And I can see it on my aura ring when I track it on my HRV that yes night yes, yes. if i've engaged in those practices i get a nice boost in hrv yeah. um so where let should we start with let's start because this is your specialism and i want to make sure we have time for it mm. what's going on in the brain what are the excitatory neurotransmitters what are the calming ones like gaba can can yeah. you kind of give people a brief overview oh for sure and um the best analogy and i talk about this with plants very often so hopefully it'll, it'll flow effectively we have messengers in the brain that are called neurotransmitters and some of those neurotransmitters are also messengers in the body and there can be hormones in the body that neurotransmitters in the brain so noradrenaline and adrenaline are hormones in the body but they're also neurotransmitters so basically it's, it's a messenger process and and in fact we have a balance of what's called excitatory neurotransmitters as you said so ones that are stimulatory so that the uplifting up on and then we have ones that are are calming or inhibitory so the, the to, to the layperson excitatory what does that mean it's something to do with excite ex, ex, being excited inhibition so but it's so it's basically it's it's a uh, it's stimulating and calming neurotransmitters and we have a balance between the two ideally and um, what we what i found in clinical practice is the in my opinion at any rate i don't always conduct tests to verify that and i think it'd be very challenging to do that but in my opinion um imbalanced neurotransmitters are as common as adrenal hormone imbalances uh, in terms of what needs to be addressed as a priority for that individual. She's going to quickly interrupt today's show to tell you about my favorite, favorite supplement for reducing stress and anxiety. It is the original chill pill or nature's value. And I'm not talking about anything like cannabis or marijuana. I'm talking about magnesium. It's a completely underappreciated mineral that really helps to reduce stress hormones, enhance mental well-being, stimulate the production of GABA, and potentially even lift things like depression. And I absolutely love taking bioptimizers magnesium. I take two at night before bed, and I take another one in the morning and it just helps me get a wonderful night's sleep pretty much every single night which just makes you feel amazing 
barring obviously when my dog might wake me up or one of my children. Um, now you can get a cool 10% off Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough by going to bioptimizers.com forward slash Angela and entering code Angela10 at checkout. That's bioptimizers.com forward slash Angela and entering code Angela10 at checkout. And then let me know how you get on because I'd love to hear about how it enhances your recovery from exercise, your sleep and your kind of mood and anxiety levels. So that's bioptimizers.com forward slash Angela and enter code Angela10 at checkout. Now let's get back to the podcast. So just just absolutely so absolutely fascinating is that it's actually mm. not not addressing which most nutritionists are taught about the thyroid and the adrenals and the adrenal stress and we will learn about a cortisol and so and then many lay people now know can I have a saliva cortisol test and can I look at my stress profile but actually I would say fifty percent of those people are probably in my experience of my clients anyway needing to address a neurotransmitter so it's higher up and inside rather than the adrenals and of course the neurotransmitters i say of course the neurotransmitters then influence the signaling to the hypothalamus and pituitary which then which are the composer and the conductor of the hormonal orchestra so neurotransmitter balance so we've got excitatory ones so the ones that excite and 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 uplifting and 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 we need remember we all we need them both They're they're neither good nor bad it's about balance as with many things in the body the most powerful upregulatory excitatory neurotransmitter is glutamate, and uh, one of the examples that maybe some mums and, and parents can see is that if they if a child of theirs has had inadvertently some MSG and the, and the kid gets hyperactive, uh, they can say, "Oh look, the MSG drove my hyperactive or my kid hyperactive, running around the restaurant, running around the house." And MSG is generally found in processed foods, and it's a natural flavour. But the MSG upregulates glutamate, so. The side effects of MSG is, is too high level of glutamate. But some people can have a high level of glutamate without consuming any MSG at all. And a high level of glutamate will typically deplete the other side, the calming neurotransmitters of GABA, which has a long name, gamma aminobutyric acid. But GABA is the, car, is the anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. And once that's been taxed and, and affected, you'll also then lower serotonin, the most famous neurotransmitter of all, for which Prozac and fluoxetine, those SSRIs, serotonin reuptake inhibitor drugs, uh, are, are recommended for to increase um, the, the, the serotonin. So we have excitatory glutamate. On the other side, we've got GABA and serotonin. Now, dopamine is a stimulatory excitatory neurotransmitter, and so is noradrenaline, and they both have very similar effects. So signs and symptom-wise of an imbalance in dopamine and noradrenaline are very similar. There's an overlap. So adrenaline, adre- adrenaline is even more powerful, and, and hopefully that isn't around too much. But glutamate, dopamine, and noradrenaline, excitatory, and on the calming side, there's, there's GABA and serotonin in particular. Now, there's another neurotransmitter that's vital for, for memory, acetylcholine, Right. Uh, very important indeed, and, and that's often that's often lacking. And acetylcholine is is a wonderful thing. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't blink. I couldn't say these words without acetylcholine. So in fact, for neurological signaling, acetylcholine is, is a very important thing for, for fine motor skills. But for generalizations, the imbalances are fine for people in the stressed world. People have got too much glutamate and or dopamine and or noradrenaline, or you could have too low a level of dopamine and noradrenaline, and then have a lack of get up and go and have too much glutamate, which kind of ends up, you end up being a bit frazzled, it's a bit sort of hyper-frazzled and you can't pin your thoughts, you can't focus on anything in particular, whereas you need adequate dopamine to focus on something. Um, and you can then you have a low level of GABA and a low level of serotonin. Um, I conducted quite a few of the tests. In our group in 2016, we had 34 of us and I did the urine test too. And it's it's a pretty good guide to, to an indicate what's going on in the brain, but it's, it, it's not the same as taking blood out of the brain, for example, which would be an impossibility. Um, so it's it's a gauge. Um, and what was very interesting in, in those groups is that the majority of individuals had a, um, a, a their levels of um, noradrenaline and dopamine were low. For the majority of us nutritional therapists, that was the one observation I found. So it's interesting for me to see this. Just thirty-five. It's a small pilot study, if you like, and and it's not categorical. But but interesting. GABA levels were okay across the board, generally speaking. But it was low dopamine and low noradrenaline, which featured as a pattern amongst us. And I found that to be borne out across the board, really, um, with the with the majority of of clients. But low and what GABA, do you think was the reason for that? I think it's uh, too much on. 
and too little off. So in the 24-hour cycle, so this is, an, this is one way of looking at health, is that how many hours in the day uh, should be parasympathetic dominance, which is the mm. GABA side, um, and how many hours should be sympathetic? And I, I, I've never been taught this. It just crossed my mind. It's referring to my head. I'm not saying I've ever really had any original thoughts at all because I'm, I'm just reading, 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 and maybe the ideas have come from somewhere, but who knows if this was an original thought. But I've never been taught, you, you, this person, you need a certain number of hours of parasympathetic dominance and you need a certain number of hours of sympathetic dominance, and that's the balance in the day. And so I, I began to ask the question and began to explore this. And when you're sleeping, of course, we'd hope for the majority of people, you, that would be parasympathetic dominance. So you've got seven or eight hours straight away. Um, but for most people, they'd spend all their waking hours in on, especially with um, with screens and with mm. um, you know urgency and then with, with time rush and so on. So I'm not wearing a watch. And if I'm not wearing a watch, and you may do this too, um, I mind you, I've got a clock there and a clock there, but not wearing a watch since the beginning of lockdown was one of the measures I took to decrease the burden of stress on myself is not be in time rush. But I read meditation, uh, breathing out instantly engages the parasympathetic system. Yes. Instant, instant. And slowing down that exhalation makes yeah. the biggest yeah. difference. It's the only scientifically proven way to access, isn't it? Really yeah. very quickly. So, so instantaneous. So, so breathing out longer than breathing in um, yes. Can instantly change it, and hence the, hence the brown paper bag for the panic attack because it's you you changing your gas your gas um, ratios. Um, and if you have sympathetic, so if you, if you take shallow breaths up and up and up, um, then then that can actually lead to a panic attack, and then that can stimulate the hormones of stress. And then once you're in that cascade, it's very difficult in that moment of a panic attack, let's say, or an excite you know too much excitement to calm down. So so really, a um, what I have is I have a touchstone here. Um, I keep in my pocket. And uh, actually, when I, when I want to say the word switch, for example, for you, or I want to, to engage in, in a positive affirmation or breathe out longer, I press it in my pocket. So it's, a, it's an anchor point. So I press it. Oh, I like that. I have some rose quartz by my bed that I touch when I do gratitude in the morning. Yes. And I yes. feel it. And it's very calming. And I connect with the energy of it. Yes, as part of my gratitude, I can, I can actually, I can literally feel what you're expressing right now, and then that's that's one of the things that I've developed over time is to is exactly that sort of uh, energetic connection, and I can feel exactly what you're describing. In fact, it's un not an uncanny coincidence. When I press this, I breathe out and I say, "I'm so thankful and grateful." Now I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say next, but I begin, I press it, which is a signal for me to to breathe out longer, and I say, "I'm so thankful and grateful that." And sometimes yes, I haven't got anything to say. So I, and then I say, I'm so thankful and grateful for that until it gets to say, do you reckon about two, two breaths in or three expressions later? And so I'm so thankful and grateful that I'm in control of my, of my state of mind, for example. Mm. And so it's, Which is the one thing you can control, right? You can never control what other people do, but you can control, control of what your, your, uh, yeah. Yeah, and your reactions. Yeah, and that now, prompts me. Yes, sorry. That, was, sorry, no, that prompts you. Some, I mean, King Solomon lived a long, long time ago. But um, he apparently the wisdom of Sol Solomon is quite famous, a very, very wise man by all accounts. And, and so what he says was so he, he says the greatest knowledge of all is self-knowledge. Mm. So it's Which a, I truly a, believe it is, one, one isn't it? We so must we must spend time connecting with ourselves. Yes. And then so I agree. Meditation, breathing. And, and actually, I'm, I'm in a state of giving thanks after before and after every single client um, and probably probably dare I say it, 50 to 100 times a day. Um so teaching we we found that, and this is a, this is a Merlinite stone. So it actually has more meaning, Merlinite. So it's obviously the Merlin and and not necessarily magic, but this isn't magic. But things that aren't understood in science are referred to as magic, but they're just because they're not understood yet. So I love that mm -hmm. definition of magic too. Yeah, I love so, that. Ban I love balancing that. balancing neurotransmitters. So many individuals are on in on that they've actually got sympathetic on too many hours of the day so what part of what i can do for a client is to identify when how can we create more of a balance even if it's 12 12 and some people need 12 hours of parasympathetic some people need 12 13 14 but it's about 12 to 15 hours would be ideal for parasympathetic otherwise perhaps we wouldn't get anything done in the day that we need to get done um and maybe when, when we go on holiday we automatically revert to actually you know i had 12 13 14 15 hours of parasympathetic dominance and that's holiday but when i come back to work Guess what? I've got I've got you know I've got 12, 13, 14 hours of on and, and things change. My bowels change and you know, one's bowels change and et cetera, et cetera. So I think that uh, it depends on what um, the, on really what the best way of communicating with each person is. But I often find splitting up the day. How many hours in the day are you in a calm mode and how many hours are you in a on mode? 
And it's not to say that on is perfect or off is perfect. It's just it's just balance. It's just the number of hours. And the more hours we have excess on, the more we're going to deplete the neurotransmitters of calm, which is GABA and GABA, serotonin. Right. And if you're low, if one is low in GABA, uh, again, it may not be measurable by by the test because I think I think it could be a little bit misleading. But it's low in the brain. Uh, then you will increase anxiety. And if you have low GABA, by definition, you've got a relatively high level of glutamate. Mm. So the high level of glutamate. So yeah. there are ways of tempering, both supporting GABA up, but also lowering glutamate. For some people... Doesn't 478 breathing uh, help produce more GABA? Yes, it does. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, meditation and, and the breathing absolutely does. So, so all these yeah. things tie together. And so it's so logical. So all the things that you and I both do every day, we're actually, we're actually counter, we're, they're, they're counter, they're countering the the challenge of life yes so when I you know if, I, if yeah. I don't do something specific to increase the, the parasympathetic calm and we, there are various different words for it and, and this has probably been a conversation since the beginning of at least this century anyway where, where stress uh, has been a massive issue um and it's about compartmentalizing time i think a lot of people i don't know if you've had these conversations angela but a lot of people have had the impression that time is passing more quickly Mm. And this has been a phenomenon that yeah. I have actually res- done, done research on this subject. It appears that all over the world there are there is a sense, and it's a it's a very almost intangible thing to nail on because that the, the, the uh, on the clock it's still the same time. Although it is fascinating, in one of my favourite books of all time, I just happen to have had this out: The Invention of Nature. Um, um, he he um, Alexander von, von Humboldt is the he was the most famous man on earth when when Napoleon Bonaparte was was about to fight the Battle of Waterloo, so 1800. Um, and and he, was, he was a president, he was a friend of Jefferson, the president, and he was the, in the Prussian court. So and more animals and streets and, and, and plants are named after him than anyone else in the world. Oh, wow. And, and, and it was Charles Darwin got his ideas pretty much from, from von Humboldt. So it's very, very interesting. And in, the, in that book, he describes how time actually works differently at, at, on top of the mountain as it does via the shore. Really? How interesting. I must read this because I can tell you that time slows down when I stroke my Labrador. Not Funnily enough, I have a small dog who's a little bit more, not frenzied, but she's a bit more active. She's a bit, whereas when I'm with my Labrador, all of mm. a sudden everything is like, it's the yeah. fastest chill pill for yeah. me. And we, we have a little puppy um, who's a bit like your little one. And we've got two white Turkish van cats who are very chilled. And so, yeah, and so the hens pets can be, and pets are fantastic because they effectively, they bring out unconditional love from all the family. I know this yes. now because we've got, we've got the two types, like the cats and dogs, but it is fascinating. So pets are fantastic. We may have heard of stories of, of of cats who've taken on the illness of their of their owners as well so that's uh, really yeah absolutely like, even though i because i always thought cats lots were of, quite independent no, and lots, you know, of doing their lots of anecdotes uh, they, they are anecdotes so we'll prove that anthony well I, I haven't got a randomized control trial to show that so we come back to sort of to gabba and glutamate so what i found is that um some individuals who say well I'll, I'll get, let's give you GABA support. So alongside the practical things, which is so important because those are, those are they're, they're free to do, but they're practical behavioral things and they can really make a difference. And you and I both know that uh, for sure. In fact, um, maybe I'll, there's another, another conversation to have there, but in, in the toughest moments I've had in my life, wherever they might be, and it's all my perception, I've engaged in that process and it's really worked. And, and I haven't had to brush the loo or, or, or actually, and I've just literally just concentrated on the breathing and, and the gratitude and, 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 you know, I, I, and it's made a massive difference. Otherwise I would have had a panic attack and I would have, I've had to collapse or I've had to run somewhere or bash something or bash myself up or something. And so it's made a huge difference engaging in those things. Some people who have, so let's say low GABA and low serotonin would be the order of the day. And um, now inflammation as an aside directly interferes with serotonin metabolism. And so inflammation directly stops serotonin creation in the brain. Okay. And what, okay. So this is, so people that are eating, for example, the standard American diet, and none of the listeners, well, the I think, English are, diet, or yes. the standard English diet even, um, they, and, and have much higher levels of inflammation, yes. that is going to have a big impact then on yes. their mood, but then also their sleep, right? Because the problem is that if you don't have enough serotonin, you're not going to methylate it into melatonin. Now you're not going to probably sleep very well either. Yeah. 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 Melatonin were possibly one of the best molecules for humans that exists, but serotonin being the precursor, but serotonin will not be, be you won't create serotonin in the brain if you have too much inflammation. Inflammation can be measured by a number of different things, but, but we nutritionists uh, refer to these things as inflammatory, pro-inflammatory cytokines. And that's simply a word given. It's basically molecules of inflammation. So we have TNF-alpha, NF-kappa-B, 
Um, we've got interleukin-6, interleukin-1s, and then you've got um, C-reactive protein, just for starters. But there are literally tens and tens of, of inflammatory cytokines. So one single test may actually belie and be beguiling. So my CRP was fine, but we haven't tested the others. And I'm sure there's inflammation in many clients who actually have got a normal CRP, which is a great, a very important marker as a molecule of, of inflammation to do with morbidity and heart disease. So inflammation directly stops serotonin. So we've got an inflammatory process, which is the background. And, and I'll keep on, I'll come back to the thread of it. But what's fascinating with them um, in, in a survey of 19 countries, um, researchers looked at shopping trolleys and they identified how much ultra processed food was making up each of the trolleys in the 19 countries of Europe that they selected. So ultra-processed food is where you cannot recognize where on earth it came from in nature. Mm. But whereas, let's say, um, piece of, a sliced bread, what well, we say, well, that's from wheat, that's processed. Ultra-processed is you can't recognize from where, where, where wow. it came from. So ultra-processed food is, is by definition devoid of nourishment um, and may actually provide anti-nutrients and also a range of chemicals which may have a negative impact on health. So in terms of nourishing the cell, the more ultra-processed food you've got. So the country that was highest of the 19 was the UK. 52, it was the UK? 52%. So forget the standard American diet for a moment. This is a European-based uh, study. But okay. it said it's, it's a sad English or standard English diet. And, of course, that can reduce sad at wintertime anyway. So standard English diet, 52%. Now, Germany were close behind us and we completely- 52% of what all foods consumed in the shopping trolley had no yes. natural origin. Yeah. That's staggering. Well, they had a natural origin somewhere, but you, but you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you trace, couldn't it. trace it. Yeah, it's coloring and flavors and bulk and no. sugar and fats. So whatever happened to like eat it, pluck it, yeah. kill it. So fascinating. So UK led that. Now UK are topping the charts of the European weight as well. So um, Derby is the fattest city in Europe, Derby. And what's fascinating is that Derby is the most central city in England. It was the centre in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. All the trains started from Derby. Now, so when it, well, apparently a woman ate another packet of crisps on a bench in Derby, and that raised the average of the English uh, fatness, the BMI, and we beat we beat Germany on the stakes of being more overweight. But Germany and England are most overweight countries in Europe. And Germany, Finland, and Denmark were close behind in the 40 percenters of that. Now, two countries were quite low. They had 10% and 14% of their shopping trolleys were unprocessed food. And that was Portugal, 10%, and Italy, 14%. So if ever you've been to those countries or imagine those countries, and maybe the south of France, if it was a you know, different country to the north of France, would have been there too. But it's um, fascinating, just 10% versus 52%, a massive difference. So it's the connection with the with the soil, connection with the land, also not being bombarded perhaps by the, 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 the food industry selling us cheap rubbish food that's not fit for mm. human beings as well. But, but the more ultra-processed food you've got, the more inflammation you're going to have is where I'm leading. Um, and also it's going, to, it's going to give a fix. A lot of that, that fast food gives a fix. So it gives a temporary dopamine fix. Mm. So you feel good on it now. So actually the brain goes, oh, I like that. It feels good. Not as it tastes good. It's a lot of taste sensation, um, but also it then has a, has a kick. So it gives you a lift. So it becomes addictive. And you may be mm. well be aware that, that sugar uh, is more addictive than cocaine, is it? Yes, yes, yeah. it has been shown in, in an animal study. The the mice uh, moved away from the cocaine in the water to the sugar in the water in, the, in that study. So it's very interesting. And addiction is fascinating. So addiction is part of this scenario because when you're bereft and you've got a low level of dopamine, you want to fix it. You want to have something you know that picks it up and noradrenaline. So those two are synonymous almost. And so the modern day diet of quick fix of quick bursts of energy, et cetera, will be a dopamine fix. And then guess what? Kids playing on their games. And I see, I see people walking in the street like this. It's, mm. like, it's like, you know, it's like, and I, and I say to people walking in the street, I say, you're going to bump into me. You're going to bump into me. And they go, Oh, sorry. And it's just like, I, I, my, I make a rule Angela, never to carry my phone on me <laughs> ever. Um, because I, I can't, I, you know, I just think this is just crazy. We've got, it's a time to be outside and, and away. And that's mm. why I'm wearing these blue lights blocking glasses, by the way. Because uh, blue light's toxic to the brain, so um, I appreciate you not wearing yours right now um, for the for the podcast purpose. But these are—they're uh, not my brand; they're just a standard brand. But you can see the reflection on, on the lenses is stopping the blue light because blue light is also giving—it's actually damaging for the eyes, but it's also creating stimulation in the brain. Hence, mm. stay away from screens before bedtime. Yeah, I always do actually, and I have the yellow lenses in the afternoon, and then the yes, red lenses actually, in I've the got evening. The shades back there yeah, post, have to go yellow and then red. What yes. about when we're talking about um, 
the neurotransmitters and what people can do. So people will be thinking about what can I take as well? Because I like to play with nootropics. It's just like a fun yeah. thing for me. Nootropics, yeah, nootropics. Yeah, because I think um, I always like to be like switched on and getting as much productivity in anything I'm doing mm -hmm. um, because it's fun, right? You can digest more data, you can remember it better. Yeah. And I've definitely noticed I've been... Um, playing recently actually, not for fitness reasons, mm. but um, one of my friends who's a, a sleep scientist specializing in chrono nutrition, yes. Uh, yes. was doing uh, talking to me about some research in relation to creatine and its effects for compensation um, when, the, when you're underslept. And I've been having a, a stressful time recently from a combination of things. Mm. And so I've been experimenting creatine. And I find Absolutely that in a morning smoothie really does switch me up. We did not confer before this call, did we, Angela? No, we did not. No, we didn't. No, we, didn't. <laughs> we didn't have time. We're not the best of friends, but <laughs> in that in. Sense, we're not close friends. We didn't share. So here's something remarkable is that we've discovered in, in one of the three stepchildren that I've got in this house is who's um, he he absolutely benefits for his brain and he had a potential brain trauma when he was about four when i was 18. he benefits from creatine mm. and we found we found so i was taking some for training purposes for the the, the creatine monohydrate for the, the the immediate release of energy before glycogen gets used if for those who are familiar and i did a sports science degree and I'm very much into exercise and and those sorts of things so so there it was and then we were doing our kinesiology and, and testing and and then the, the the pot of creatine was picked up sort of by mistake because that was that was anthony's supplement there uh, and tested and it's real benefit so it's fascinating you should mention that so i found it by i didn't know intellectually i wasn't aware that, that creatine could have actually helped uh the, you know uh, basically lack of sleep and also cognitive function but it does mm, it does um, really it does less. it's amazing so, again is that because it's a, a quick it's a basically it's the quick it's the energy source not not being glucose um, which uh, which potentially has a an offshoot of, of lactate and so on as well, but but so creatine, so creatine, it, it is it is fascinating, it is, and I, I agree with you. I think there's nothing. The, the word sex is the wrong one, but it's just it's very it's very gratifying to have a brain that can comprehend and do things. It's it's uh, if ever you've seen the film, um, what's this? And there was also a series with um, um, the actor who was in Hangover. Um, Oh yeah, and yes. he was also in the film *Star Is Born*, and his name is uh, Brad. Yes, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Bradley yeah, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Bradley Cooper in the film um, where he has an expansive brain. Uh, it's called *Limitless*. Yes, it's worth. And there was also a series, quite a fun series, on the very few things that I watched on Netflix, but that was one of them. Um, but it's um, limitless and it's actually quite good. And he took the little pill and he, and he basically could access all the memories. And it was like, it was like a super, I mean, it was a superpower. It's like, wow, it's very, it's very engaging. So long before that, of course, I, I'd engaged in, in similar process, but I've been a teacher. Uh, I discovered how to rem remember everyone's names. And I've just got Bradley Cooper's down a bit late, but on the day uh, I discovered that I could remember 200 names in a room. Which is which is quite remarkable. Just introduced to you, right? Just introduced to me, yes. And put and put their names to their faces, and yes, everything. and then and then that's amazing. Uh, How did you do that? So what what I discovered this is funny. So so it's not so amazing because I don't want to make out that I'm different to anybody else. It's like the whole point of sharing is to say that actually all of us have this capacity. So I've been teaching for 29 years, and one week one weekend, a whole weekend, I was teaching at an osteopathic college, and there were 84 in the room. Not 200, but another weekend there were 200, and I was there for a whole week. So that's why I had the time to actually listen to the names. Otherwise, it would take too long. Um, and so I, 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 I arrived early. They, they streamed in and asked their names, asked their names. And basically, when they were talking, I, I was going, okay, so that's Sarah, that's Susan, that's Mike. Okay. And there are many more women than men. And it was so I was just, so I was just, so I was, they, were, I, they weren't aware, but I was going, okay, so that, okay, so that's Angela, all right? And that's Sarah. And that, so I would go, okay, da, 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 da. so I just, I was just, I went around in my head. I also felt very relaxed. I felt very relaxed. I was very relaxed. If I had had any stress at all, I would As have say, no, which is important. no yeah. memory for anything. Mm. Because the high levels of stress, whether it's neurotransmitters or hormones, directly impedes the creation of memory. And so as it happens, I just, I, so I observed it. And then, then I stood up in front of the group when we finally got started a bit late because uh, I was just chatting with people. And I, re I reeled off 83 out of 84 names. And it was, it was like, wow. How'd you do that? It was, like, it was like magic. And they were in their third year and they didn't know each other's names either after three years. So it was um, what, what I observed was it was absolute concentration at the time. So it was being present at the time and being relaxed. If I'd been present at the time and, and stressed, I wouldn't really be in present anyway, but it's being 100% present. And so it took practice. So then because I get involved in, I've been teaching ever since, uh, effectively 30, 40 people in the room is, is literally 
without any effort whatsoever. Now I can remember everyone's name in 34 bits. So if I'm at a party, I remember everyone's name. It's just, it is, it is remarkable, but it's practice, 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 practice. So I'm saying that if I can do it, I think, blimey, other people can do it because I haven't got, I wasn't the brightest um, one. My brother got a Cambridge scholarship and, and I I was sort of B stream, but then I discovered nutrition and things changed a bit because I was so fascinated by the subject. But we all have the capacity to do it. And I'm not very good with numbers because I've never really tried. I've never really mm. applied myself. Some You've got to have the desire, don't you think? Yes. Because it's it's yeah. really interesting. I remember when I practicing as a lawyer, it definitely was never going to be my thing for life because they would always you always get told, don't you, to read around your subject. And I had absolutely no desire to go and read. You know, I would read the case notes, not the two, three hundred page judgment, because yeah. it didn't massively interest me, but I could remember it. Mm. Um, whereas with as you say, with nutrition and health and performance and all these things, yeah. I literally could just lap it up more and more and more. I don't I have no desire to stop learning. So we've balanced blood sugar, which I've been working on for years, um, yes. and being relaxed, um, which I think is the biggest thing of all. Because if I literally, if I'm under stress, I don't remember. I don't remember anyone's name. I mean, it's just, it just goes. So I, so I yes, I've got mm. a strong muscle, but if I if I'm you know if I'm not if I'm, my legs aren't working, then I can't use that particular muscle. So it's really being relaxed, but also blood sugar balance, um, and it's being 100% present. So I discovered how you create memory. In that process so when I, let's say i'm talking to you to directly and i've just said hello to sarah and susan next door to you um so it's sarah and susan. so i say hi angela and i go okay that's sarah that's susan so in looking at you i would in my mind's eye say well that's sarah and that's susan and i would create the memory by not looking which is why when we're swatting for exams we turn the book over mm, and yeah. then remember the list yeah that's true so it's actually you create, actually you need to create yeah. so you can only remember things if you don't look at them at the time Mm. So I can't look at you, Angela, and go, this is Angela, 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 right, Angela, okay, Angela, Angela, right, uh, uh, oh, and what's that, oh, no, yeah. so actually. Oh, I, you've actually got to look away and go, yeah. oh, that, that's Angela, yeah. yes. But yeah. going back then, right, so looking at people's brains, because um, I don't want to run out of time, because you have yeah. so much knowledge on this. So let's take somebody who, we blood sugar given, because I've covered that a lot on the podcast, we know, yes. podcast before, we know we have to manage that, because that is literally a game changer, right? Otherwise, yeah. you're... Um, you're going to be sort of all over the place. But let's assume they've got that under control and they really, really want to enhance their productivity, for example, and that mental focus and clarity without burning themselves out. So we're mm. going to take, we're going to assume that we're putting in the right recovery cycles, et cetera. Have you got a stack that you think works really well? And in a minute, I'm going to ask you for one yeah. for relax, but I know you do have for relaxation because that was part of the program we did together. Yeah. But yeah. for people who in the morning are thinking, well, I look at all these different substances and nootropics and things I can take. What is a stack that maybe you use, you use with your clients um, that can I'm, be helpful? I will share this with you. Of course, it, I have said it depends on the individual. What mm. happens if the individual is, is too low in something, taking something to lower it further? So this is if you have too much glutamate and this question then is saying, well, what does that mean? If you basically got thoughts going round and round in your head too much and you're disposed to anxiety and small things can trigger off. And maybe even you have sort of like the doorbell goes and you jump, you know, so it's suggesting you're on edge. So a collection of those sorts of symptoms is that you, you, although you might want to appear cool, calm and collected on the outside, it may be that frankly you're not. Um, and although you give that impression to the world, we know what we're talking about. So those listening in uh, to this, watching us, we're saying, actually, you know, that, that really is me. And it's not a question of being weak uh, and showing frailty, but on the inside, you know who you are. The, uh, so let's say you've got a high level of glutamate. So it's just, it's too much hyper activity, too much thought. You go round and round and round. That leads to depression as well, which is mm. a very consistent trait of depression, which I'm sure you can connect to is you go round and round the same thought again and again and again and again. It's a negative thought and it sort of burrows in and it's a negative factor. High levels of glutamate. So to help to temper that, there are, there are probably four things that, that I would use to help to, to, to consider. So actually, I, I, you know, to be honest, because I, I'm such an individual nutritionist, oriented and i use kinesiology and, and, and to identify what people need i'd say it's going to be one or two of these one or two of these so i can't say this is I, I i've moved away from protocols and if anyone says you should take a protocol i run a mile it's actually principles not protocols protocols okay. are there for me to choose from yes so i get the based on the principles for the individual so um, n-acetylcysteine is quite famous now it's also potentially potentially in one particular study it, it was found to to dismantle the 52% of the architecture of the spike protein. Um, so this scientist de declares. So, and it's also a precursor to glutathione, which is anti-inflammatory. But NAC tempers the NMDA, the N-methyl-D-aspartate receptor, of, of, for, of, which is basically what promotes glutamate. 
So uh, which is why when I take it at night, I definitely, because I was having this conversation with someone the other day, is there a perfect time to take NAC? And I thought, I actually like, partly because of the antioxidant effects, to be perfectly honest, yes. I like to take it at night, but obviously it is actually helping calm. Actually, it's probably three or four different things it's doing. And so NAC is um, is a king amongst supplements in, in, a, in a sense. It's the, although the, the glutathione molecules, the tripeptide, the three of them, it's very rare that anyone's low in glutamate and glycine. It's, it's always going to be the cysteine part that, that actually is down regularly. So NAC is probably better at improving glutathione by some way than actually taking glutathione itself, which gets broken down in the gut and then, then doesn't increase levels systemically so much. So NAC tempers glutamate. And so that could be useful for anyone with that hypersate. And you could take it any time of day. It's probably, probably better away from food, but it can be taken with food too. Um, so NAC. So that's one. Then, then the next thing to consider would be uh, magnesium. Uh, magnesium is famous as nature's tranquilizing mineral. Mm. Although what's fascinating, I actually discovered on the presentation I gave in sleep this year that zinc is more of a prime modulator for sleep than magnesium is. So again, I, I'm still learning, still learning, still learning. I know, fascinating. So that's again by research. Scaring... And a particular form of zinc? Or... No, 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 but no, it's no, it's no, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's actually the zinc molecule rather than the zinc salt. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. so magnesium, and there are different types of magnesium. And it, so you got citrate and you've got bisglycinate and you've got magnesium chloride liquid and and then you've got magnesium malate and so it is true as soon as we you ask this question because i'm so dare i say it so fluent and experienced in the use of nutritional substance i'm aware that different forms may be suitable for different mm. people but effectively a form and of three and eight right good for the brain and also. three and eight good for the brain which is actually um, technically not a legal sort of magnesium in supplements in the UK, but of course our companies are selling it. So that's yeah, fine. That's yeah. fine. But <laughs> kind of crazy, isn't it? You can't have that very healthy nutrient. And so the threonine is, is one of the least well-known essential amino acids, by the way. That's another story. Um, so it, it, it is the, often the forgotten essential amino acid, threonine. And threonine, um, because it's actively transported in the body, it carries, it carries the magnesium with it effectively into the brain. So the magnesium threonate is quite famous for that. So magnesium threonate, particularly useful for helping to, to calm, but almost any magnesium may be appropriate. It's not just magnesium threonate. So NAC, magnesium, if you're talking about a stacker, sort of building up, and there'd be no problem with taking these things. I just, I just don't want people to waste their money on supplements. But the good news is it's very unlikely to do harm by taking a supplement, and then there's a cost involvement as well. Now, the, another supplement that can help with elevated glutamate is taurine. Now, taurine is a... Is a yes, I I've been experimenting okay. with taurine, and I, I notice it. And it kind of almost works like an antioxidant or um, well, it's a very powerful amino acid as well, right? It's very, it's, it's a, yeah. Yeah, fascinating. So in, in sorry to refer to, to webinars, I've, I've given 350 webinars. So actually one of them is on amino acids, and I'm very keen on amino acids. And, and I, the question I ask at the beginning of the audience, I say, if you were an amino acid, which one would you be and why? It's quite a fun one because if people have no understanding of amino acids, they won't be able to answer the question, will they? Um, but taurine is my favorite amino acid. Uh, whereas taurine mine... in combination with magnesium, I find works very, very well in perimenopausal women when yes. their progesterone is dropping off and they're more prone to anxiety and actually can really help them so, to relax so and sleep. We have the sixth form of magnesium that we talked about today in this, in this one breath in one sentence. So magnesium taurate and taurine is a powerful antioxidant. It's a very, very powerful antioxidant. It also a precursor to GABA. You may not know that, but the, a small part of it gets converted to GABA and it works together with magnesium. So yeah. you're absolutely right. So in Tory, so Tory, it, it is amazing. But also, if we just consider, we just have a slight tangent, tangential thought, which you might be prone to do, given the body's so holistic, is that 50% of those people who have a heart attack uh, have, well, have normal cholesterol. That's for starters. So cholesterol is not the big yeah. factor. And 50% of people who have heart attacks have normal blood pressure. But every single person with a, with a first heart attack has a low magnesium. Every single person is Every that not person interesting? Has their, wow. They have low red blood cell magnesium, and so wow. stress depletes magnesium, and magnesium can't get it back in the cell when your body's in stress. So just like you were saying, um, if you're if you're on on on, you, you can't have the healing effect. So you need to have a certain degree of parasympathetic dominance to allow magnesium to get in the cell. Magnesium is nature's. Oh, I've got stress. Let's release magnesium. Let's resolve that. Uh, but if you're perpetually stressed, it can't get back in. Literally. So you have to calm yourself to allow the magnesium to go into the cell. Yeah, it's, it's there's like, no other way of like, shuttling it in. Yes, it's like it's like trying to put petrol in a car that's still driving. So, so when people we always talk about magnesium to a degree to bowel tolerance, right? And some people will find that it loosens their stool quicker. Well, that's that... magnesium oxide, magnesium citrate, and magnesium um, gluconate will. Yeah, magnesium citrate and oxide, particularly, is poorly absorbed. Those will loosen the stools. If you have magnesium chloride liquid, that no amount will cause loose stools. 
Okay. Um, and I haven't really, I haven't really ever, ever encountered any individual who's taken a higher amount of magnesium chloride or threonate to see if that happens with that effectively because mm. magnesium draws water to the colon. So effectively, you need to be in a calm state. So people take magnesium, magnesium, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for what you want to do. Mm. And that's because they're not able to put the magnesium from the serum into the red blood cells. So it's, a, it's an intracellular mineral. So it's vital. So NAC and, and NAC will help preserve magnesium. NAC preserves magnesium levels. The glutathione protects the receptors for the gates for magnesium to get in the cell as well. So excess oxidative stress and inflammation. I know it's mm. lots of information here. Excess stress, excess oxidative stress, excess inflammation directly impedes the ability of the magnesium to get back inside the cell. How interesting. And just on that, while you're talking about NAC, because people listening I know are going to have this question. Mm. Some people buy liposomal glutathione. Obviously, yeah. you're saying there that cysteine is usually the limiting factor in terms of your body's ability mm. to synthesize glutathione. Do you also take liposomal glutathione I'm, at I'm, times, I'm, for example? I'm or? aware of it. And in fact, it's, it's interesting. Quite rarely, an individual needs two different types of supplement to support their glutathione. But when they do, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of liposomal glutathione. Um, for sure, um, but it's not necessarily the thing to lower glutamate. No, okay. No, it doesn't have the same yeah. lowering effect. If I, if I stay on 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 track, I appreciate it. it's uh, there's lots yes. to talk about. But um, glutathione, liposomal glutathione, it, it has. You think it'd be the best form for everyone, but it's not. Um, other forms can be more appropriate. If you need it in the gut, you don't want, you don't want to take liposomal glutathione. There's a lot of lot of reactivity and inflammation in the gut, and liposomal glutathione won't really address that because it, it'll be absorbed here before it gets down mm. to the gut. In which case, um, a, a actual glutathione in, in the GSH form might be a better way of going if you want to protect the gut rather than NAC, because NAC supports the liver and systemic levels of glutathione. Acetoglutathione might be more appropriate for the brain, mm. uh, for example. But I do find that liposomal glutathione, it probably, I would say, 50% of the time is probably the best form of glutathione for clients. Again, a rough guide, 50%. And I am using kinesiology to test the different forms, and I'm very aware of them. And being involved in nutritional substance for 29 years and having 18,500 clients, it does give me a certain sense of, of mm. perspective on this. Um, I know someone could come out and say, I say this, and I was go, well, that's not been my experience, or it has been my experience. And, and going back to those, those early days, the first supplement I ever recommended was tyrosine. I might come on to that. That was mm. the very first supplement I ever recommended to improve someone's dopamine back in 1991. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a thing I've been focused on. So to, to help to temper the glutamate, NAC, magnesium, taurine, those are prob probably three, but also the, there are other agents that we consider that are, that are plant extracts rather than nutrients. Um, ashwagandha can have a benefit on yeah. that ashwagandha extract. Uh, the specific um, specific um, key molecules in ashwagandha, uh, withania somnifera is its uh, Latin name, and uh, withanolides are the actual active ingredient in, in ashwagandha, and they can help to, to temper uh, uh, glutamate levels and also provide an anti-inflammatory antioxidant effect for the brain, as well as actually help support, to some degree, thyroid hormone activity. So I'll probably say ash ashwagandha, but in the nutrients, NAC, uh, which is a non-essential amino acid, magnesium, an essential mineral, and taurine, a non-essential but vital amino acid, and 50% uh, of the amino acids in the heart is taurine, right? For example, so taurine has remarkable roles. Uh, it's very it's necessary for bile to be made. Mm. It's also a vital hydroxyl radical um, scavenging agent. So it's an antioxidant. It's also a precursor to GABA. Um, so it's you know, it, it is it is interesting. And it's the only amino acid, Angela, which you won't know unless you've been to one of my lectures. It's the only amino acid that doesn't form parts of protein. Interesting. Isn't it yeah, just? very interesting. So I'm going to have to get you back, Anthony, because we're running out of time and okay. you've got so much, I think, more that we could talk about here. Um, we'll have to do a part two. What about for somebody then? So this is someone who is um, has got too much glutamate there. What about somebody who is actually just they've got inertia? So yeah. we know that they're going to have to support their HPA access. Yes. Um, but they're really like, I just, okay, let's say low it's a lot with low, people. Low I can't motivate myself. Low dopamine, low, get low up. urgency. Yes. Low dopamine, low noradrenaline. And the, yes. the two are almost synonymous, the, the, the two groups of symptoms associated with them. And dopamine is the precursor for noradrenaline. So tyrosine, um, actually it's phenylalanine, which is the essential amino acid, to the non-essential amino acid, tyrosine. Um, and then dopamine, then, um, then you've got uh, noradrenaline. So you've got that sequence. And you've got different enzymes that convert them. And some people may have more dopamine than noradrenaline, but a lot of people, as we discovered in our group, there were, there were 34 people, I think it was 31 people had low levels of noradrenaline. 
It was, you know, I remember it to this day. It was it, very interesting. So low, low levels of inertia, lack of get up and go. It's not, oh, this is me, not me. I want, I want the old me back. I want to, I want to be mm. the motivated me that I was, but I just, oh, so low dopamine. So L-tyrosine is a consideration for those individuals. Tyrosine, rather like taking 5-HTP or, or tryptophan for serotonin, you take the precursor. All these, all these neurotransmitters are derived from amino acids, proteins, mm. or bits of protein. So L-tyrosine would be a consideration for that. Now, if you recall, there, there were two supplements recommended to each of the group um, before we started, which is Bio3BG, which is a rather odd name, but basically it's a special B vitamin with active B vitamins in the active form. Most people don't know, when you take a B complex, none of the B vitamins are active in that form. The body converts them into an active form. So for example, uh, pyridoxine is vitamin B6 and pyridoxal 5-phosphate is the active form. Well, same with, with riboflavin. Riboflavin is not the active form of B2 riboflavin 5-phosphate is. And with thiamine, uh, you've got thiamine, uh, co-carboxylase is the name of the active B vitamin. Who, which nutritionist knows that? Um, but it's the active form. And also with B12. So you've got four B active B vitamins in the low-dose bio-3BG. And in, this, in, the, in the group study of 34 of us, the vast majority of individuals felt better before I recommend the program to each one of you People already felt better by taking the Bio3BG. I did. And I was surprised because yes. they looked so low dose. That was what surprised me. But it's because yes. they're active for. It's active. It's about a tenfold impact. Tenfold yeah, impact. Yeah, it's amazing when I yeah. took them. So, and you remember that too. It's just great. And the other one was Stabilium 200. Yeah, which, the Stabilium which, which, I love. So which, which again, Stabilium can also temper glutamate. So, it's a special remedy. It's, uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the actual substance from which Asterix the Gaul, if you remember me saying, was created out of the legend. So, Asterix the Gaul, the cartoon character, was created out of the real existence of this tonic or ergogenic aid, performance aid, called Stabilium, which is derived from a fish caught off the coast of Brittany in the channel called Garum Amoricum. And that has been found to reduce anxiety um, and actually support resilience and energy for the force marches of the Roman soldiers back in the day when it was taken. So it's the oldest known supplement in Western Europe, in fact. It was then then as a potage, as a soup, rather than a, a gel-packed, a blister-packed gel, soft gel. So, so Bio3BG is a special B vitamin produced by Biotics Research. Um, and quite how they made that formula, I, I honestly don't know, but they've got the 3B refers to three times the RDA of B1 versus, versus the RDA of B2. So it's not just the active form, it's the ratio of the B vitamins. Uh, this is Dr. It does work super well, I have to say. Yeah, Bio3BG. It's one, it's one a supplement I've used, uh, probably, it's probably up there in the top five supplements I've ever used. I've got some on my shelf behind me. Bio3BG. It's not just, they've also got a Bio-B100, which is the 100% of the RDA of B vitamins. And they've got Bio3BG, which is the same product, but with three times the level of B1 in its active form. It was Dr. Dave, I don't know his surname, but he's the PhD at Bartics Research. He put that together uh, with a few other doctors. So that some very bright people put that together. There's so many different ways of getting B vitamins. I've had so many clients take 50 milligrams, even 100 milligram dose of B vitamins in the morning and, and, and not really have that much of an impact. But the Bio3BG has a, has a remarkable benefit. Remarkable impact. And also, often you just pee out the B vitamins. Well, you, you do, can see it. Yeah. Yes, and you also can yeah. upregulate the cytochrome P450 phase one enzymes with a higher dose of B vitamins, which is why, why many people who cannot tolerate a multivitamin or B complex because their liver gets upregulated and, and then they feel a bit nauseous. And that's because it upregulates phase one too much so it's, it's just yeah. so bio3bg i find no one has no 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 one i've met has an intolerance to bio3bg so bio3bg and tyrosine furthermore the b vitamins are necessary for the enzymes to convert tyrosine to dopamine and dopamine to noradrenaline particularly the, the active form b6 but you need you need the b vitamins so not only are they providing resilience for nerve impulses and for nervous system working that's the b12 the b1 and the b6 but also supplies the nutrients for the conversion of the enzymes, which have long names to do with a particular neurotransmitter themselves, um, that convert the uh, tyrosine to dopamine to noradrenaline too. So Bio3BG and tyrosine, to answer your question, I, I would say it, it could be, Bio3BG could easily be called a nootropic. Mm, yeah, very much so. But also, it's not actually going to cause you to become more no. stressed and anxious, right? No. It's only going to deliver in the way that it's needed. Yes. So yes. almost adaptogenic in nature. It, it, absolutely right. In fact, it, you've hit on a good, very good point because it's, oh, I take caffeine or I eat, I eat uh, a Mars bar or something and I feel better. Well, yeah, but this is actually, this is only good with no bad. This is this is the only the positive without without then the need of creating a need. I've had the question as we kind of wrap up, the question is, well, if I take vitamins, will I become dependent on them? 
And it's it's, it's sort of, dare I say it, I, I haven't wanted to laugh in their face. And so, so I'll tell you what, let me give an example. Um, take half a breath instead of a full breath. All right. Do you think do you think by breathing you're becoming dependent on oxygen? And it's the same. It's the same response. So I hope I'm not being too too smart. But okay, if I drink water, do I become dependent on water? Mm. So we've but do you me- think there's some attenuation though? I feel like when I've taken nut- specific nootropic blends, I do feel that there's a degree of attenuation. And I know that some companies will say actually these should these are designed to be taken five days with a two day cycling off. Mm. Uh, I just wonder with that. Yes, and that's a, it's a, you actually, it's a slightly different point that I'm making in the sense that you can't, you basically, I'll, I'll finish that one, then come on to that question. You, it's impossible by the very definition to become dependent on already existing essential nutrients. Yes, because yeah. they're already, already dependent. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah they were dependent. So now you're getting them, you feel better. It doesn't mean to say that, that if you stop them and then you feel worse, that, that's because it, it's created a need. So just to get the simplicity, but, yeah, I, but I've no, heard that many times, and, and, and no one that we've ever met is optimally nourished. No one. And mm-hmm. our aim, Angela's journey, my journey, and, and funny, at the age of 15 in 1980, I was talking with a friend of mine who was playing um, English sport, and I was in county sports, uh, and he said, we said, what, what's the optimal? I said to him, he's now running the cricket at the MCC, by the way, my friend. He's um, he And he was a county player for 20-plus years. He... I said, what's the best diet for optimal physical performance? At the age of 15, that's when I first I got my journey in. And so we, we, we thought a jacket potato would do it. So of course I'm far, far away from that now. But it was just, it was just very interesting. I had that thought, what's what's going to give optimal performance? But in, in evolutionary terms, humans have never, ever, ever, ever been optimally nourished. So now only now do we have the capacity with the understanding of science oh. to do just that. And I want sustained well-being and energy, but you need you do need balance. You need, as you say, you need mm. recovery time, you need adequate sleep, and the right nutrients in the right time. And it's interesting you're, you've got the scientist friends involved in the chronos, the chronology, the circadian rhythm of when nutrients may be more or less appropriate. I've attended one web one webinar on that. A bit disappointing in the past, but I have often found there are certain nutrients for sure that work better at one end of the day or the other. It's true. Mm. That's another yeah, very much so. That is another conversation. I think we're going to have to uh, to get you back because I've got to uh, close it there. But it's amazing to just tap, well, your experience in terms of supplementation and how it all works and these these neurotransmitters and amino acids and the way they interact together. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts, Anthony? If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah, Anything good. else you want to share? Yeah, good. But I, thought, I mean, I thought wrap up. Although we had, we said lots and lots of words and lots of interesting things, I think it's it's actually great to leave people with with NAC magnesium and taurine so we actually got three mm-hmm. maybe ashwagandha so we've got four three or four things of temper glutamate and on the on the plus side it's the bio 3bg from biotics maybe you can help facilitate people access that and l-tyrosine so we've we've, we've give, got people fairly simple things to to be trying at least people can contact me um pro- probably the the to be honest, the, the best thing is probably my email. Um, and and, and if, you, if you don't get a reply in two days, send it again. That's exactly what I recommend to everyone. I have so many emails sometimes. And sometimes I get, and I'm trying to reduce the spam, but it's Anthony with no H, Anthony J. Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S, at AOL.com. Um, I've actually got a website, which I, I started. I've never had a website because it's been so busy in my life. And that might sound odd. Um, and, but I've started one last March and I've got some free videos on the thyroid there. And it's, it's some, the Latin on my website means that I haven't finished my website. Um, it's not meant for you to translate it. So I apologize for the lack, but lack of completion, but I've been so lovely busy um, since then. But HaynesHealthManuals.com. Now, you may be too Haynes young, Andrew, to remember the car manuals called Haynes Health Manuals. Haynes, Haynes Car Manuals. He's actually a relation of mine, but um, HaynesHealthManuals.com is, is the website. And do have a look at the three the three free videos on the thyroid there. Yeah, we will do. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Anthony, okay. and for Thanks. sharing. Thanks, I'd Anthony. love to have you back. I feel like there's definitely more we could talk about and cover if you're willing. It's, uh, it's also a delight for me to, to see you in this form um, and you. not really and not really knowing when we first encountered each other on, on the phone or on the on the Zoom calls, etc. But it's a pleasure to see you and congratulations on your state of being and getting the word out there. Thank you so much. And thank you for helping me on that journey. You were definitely a healing part of that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, the show notes will be over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast. And you can download the transcript there together with the show notes and all of the other resources that I have on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. 
Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources, and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body, and lifestyle.